Hey everybody, and welcome to the Fart Fetish Podcast once again. We have another very special episode with a guest today, but I wanted to first do the quick plugs. The Fart Fetish Podcast is available on almost all major podcast platforms and releases episodes monthly. Usually it's the first Friday of the month. You can also visit fartfetish.info where you can find the podcast and some informative resources, including some new outside podcasts I've linked that have discussed fart fetish. And I'll dive into my thoughts on those in the episode after this one. There's also a link to request an invite to the Discord server. Come there and talk about the fart fetish, just like we do on the show. We welcome that very much. And if you want to be on the show, you can always reach out to me by email uh, at aproctophilia at gmail.com. And that's linked at fartfetish.info as well. And that's it. Without further ado, I'd like to introduce Jules. He's a fart fetishist who is on today to talk about his experiences and evolutions with this fetish and try to help fetishists come into their own acceptance with having this fetish. That's right now on the Fart Fetish Podcast. Thank you for being here, Jules. Um, I guess we'll just jump right into it. Uh, if you could tell us just a little bit about you and, and, and what you wanted to talk about today. Well, um, as stated earlier, my name is Jules. I guess I, my age is I'm 24. I've been a part of the community more of like the lurking side for years. I'm trying to start getting into it. I'm just terrified of people in general. Uh, but I feel, but how, why I want to be here today and just talk about is how, just how figuring out your fetishes can also help you figure out who you are as a person, but also that you can trust people in your lives and not be afraid of them getting rid of you or you not holding up to a standard that you're giving yourself and that people will accept you even if they find even if you they find out or you tell them this a part of yourself that you're not necessarily the most okay with is there would you say there is a uh a uh a, a kink scene of any type like like around you and have you been out in that uh in that part of the community i've been lucky enough to just have very open-minded friends i don't know about a kink community where i am it's not something i know I, people are open to talk about it, but there isn't like a scene that you can go and be like, yeah, let's do stuff. It's more of just uh, talking to your friends or people that you met in like behind closed doors. For sure. Do you mind uh, uh, telling us a bit about uh, uh, kind of your your journey in, in, I guess, reaching this place, actually, where you are now? I would say that I it started off being, my journey is all over the place it's like a roller coaster but <laughs> i started off not knowing and just uh not feeling that it was uh feeling like it was normal and that it wasn't something to question and then growing up and trying to learn who i was and then talking to people and then them kind of making me feel like what i was into was wrong and gross and then getting a really good friend who helped me figure out that no it's just me and I shouldn't be afraid of that to the point where I'm now where I'm proud and a lot of my and I just a lot of my most of my friends know about it. I don't keep it shy while talking to provincial like uh, uh, potential partners because I'm like it's something I'm into. If you're not into it, that's fine with me. But I I need you to know because it's just a way of like this is who I am. Take it or leave it type of deal. Absolutely. Whenabouts did you? I guess I guess the best question in 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 your case uh, that I can think of is is when when was the first time I guess you openly expressed this like and and how did you go about that? 
just to first, is it when I started being what I discovered when I started like acting on it like sexually or when I started going towards other people about it? Let's start. We could do both, but let's start with the first one. Like, like when I guess the discovery for yourself, uh, how did that go about it? And when, when about was that? Um, I would say it was around uh, when I was well, so about like 11, 12, so 2009, 2010. I was just surfing the internet, just watching YouTube because I was very much into like the Let's Play scene. It was very early internet, so I loved watching other people's opinions on games because I'm a huge gamer at heart. But then I was just clicking through it, and then this video of these guys just playfully like farting around came on, and I was like, oh, that's pretty interesting. And then I just went through a rabbit hole, and all of a sudden I felt like, like when you first feel horny, but you don't know what it is, and you just start like this, and you just unconsciously just start masturbating and you feel like this feels nice and then the more i watched the hornier i got i guess and then i was like okay this is weird and then for like i think a month straight i'd watch like the same eight videos and i'm like okay there's, there's something here <laughs> but i didn't know it was like a fetish type until i was around 14. That's that's what I find interesting, and I, you know, I was a I was a product of the internet as well. But I uh, I wasn't um, uh, I, being being about I, I think about ten years older. I it wasn't like it was a big part of of growing up, but it wasn't like everything because it wasn't quite there um, during my childhood. Uh, it, it makes me wonder, like. And I feel like this this goes with other stories we've heard on this podcast as well. Um, but I don't know if anyone's explicitly said it this way. I, I wonder if fetishes are actually um, something that are are inborn and they're just kind of um, uh, awakened by by our experiences. Like I, I imagine you could have saw um, those fart videos in the same context, but. If your, you know, your DNA, your chemicals, whatever, all that stuff were different, you may not have developed a fetish. What, 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 is, what is your thought on that? I, I completely agree on that. I believe that everyone is born with it. I don't necessarily think it's a woke. I think it's more that we just discover parts of ourselves as we age. Because even now, I'm discovering, I think, beginning of fetishes I never knew I had from just life in general but no i believe that we are everyone's born with like a certain thing which is such a weird thing to say but like i can kind of to like sexuality like people are born asexual people are born demisexual people are born lesbian gay straight and it's just figuring out later on in life that oh that this is me and then going back earlier like oh so no this now makes sense more this now makes sense more oh this is why i like that and just figuring in and just it's fascinating in a way because it's such a psychological thing. Absolutely, no. I was, I was gonna, I was gonna say, like in my experience, like uh, going to uh, local uh, kink dungeons around me. Um, I, I think I had the the uh, the bias of thought to think like it's kind of an a la carte. Like you go there, you see people doing rope, and it's like, oh, that may be fun, you know. Like, it, like you're tasting it out. But I think there may be a, a deeper connection to that, whether it be, you know, something in the past, um, and even maybe something, uh, that we're just inclined to somehow, you know, your, your, uh, the way you were formed, uh, led you to this thing rather than it being like, 
like chosen off a shelf because I like I don't think anyone would choose this fetish. It seems like a uh, a fetish that is not. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of friction. I guess is a, is a good way to put it in terms of uh, talking to people, in terms of like feeling normal, quote unquote, on the dating scene. Like there's a uh, you. If if one chose a fart fetish specifically, that seems like it's it's deliberately choosing to put barriers in front of your own like uh, success with uh, you know finding finding a, a partner, whether it be sexual or not, but finding someone who who understands you and and um, and gets you. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Like, I think that there's more. Like if you're, yeah, I wouldn't, like if I chose this for myself, I'd be like, what the fuck was wrong with me? <laughs> like, why would I make my, my love life harder? Because I feel like when we talk about kinks and like media and stuff, everyone's cool with bondage. Everyone's cool with uh, sensational play. People are cool with, uh, facing is normal to some people. I don't think a lot of people would think about, yeah, that's very mainstream. Uh, feet's very mainstream. Like there's jokes about that people are like, no, that's normal. Like I, I chose myself. I would, I would go so hard into like the BDSM scene because that's so normal. But I don't, you don't choose these things. Like, why would I choose to get turned on by like a guy ripping up and be like, "Oh, that's hot." Like, I don't like that. Doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't want to uh, dig in on this too much, but you, you mentioned you, you thought uh, face sitting is mainstream. Could you, could you tell me what your like ex- experiences in, in that, in those terms? Like, I haven't. I'm I'm not I'm not sure face sitting is at least in the in the environment I've seen is uh, is um, more mainstream. But but I, I'm interested in hearing your perspective on that one. It might just be my own life experience, but a lot of the times, even before my friends knew that I was into like writing stuff, a couple of them would be cool of just like sitting on me in general and be like that was fine. Like we would hang out, we would game. I'll be lying down, into my back and stuff, and a lot of them were just like it's fine. And a lot of the guys that i talk to are like yeah i'm cool like sitting on you brimming is very popular and people like the idea of like sitting on your face while you brim them and that's into my knowledge like i feel like it's becoming i'm not saying like it's fully mainstream but it's becoming more like oh that's just something that makes it easier for a dude because it's less work on the person and then you can do it more often because it's like you're just sitting like it's not like your person's like on like their knees and you're behind them or like they're hovering because they don't want to like it i think it's just becoming more of like this is just more like acceptable or it's more convenient <laughs> sure sure and there could be as you were, as you were saying that i was thinking there is also like the 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 fun among friends uh element i mean it's probably more of a a younger kid thing but still the whole like oh you know you know uh, basically pinning you down but in a slightly more uh, appealing way i suppose yeah, it's just kind of like wrestling with your friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That makes a lot of sense. It, it's funny because I like I had similar experiences in not like realizing this was a this was a, a sexual fetish or or like you know any of that. I was you know when I when I started having fantasies, I I, I think it was like seven or eight. I was in I was in first or second grade, and you know my whole you know, I knowledge of or lack of knowledge in terms of sexuality uh led me to even be uh embarrassingly now but uh masturbating in class but these were the type of things i was i was thinking about um at the time but there was no like 
it wasn't like you hear, you know, it's not like you hear about a guy is like he's wearing an overcoat and jerking off in the corner. It's like, it, it, it seemed just like, this is the thing. Like my body has this feeling. I'm going to do this thing where, wherever and not knowing any better. Um, I, I didn't know any better. So, uh, but I find that interesting though. And it really, it goes back to the whole, like, um, whether it be inborn or whether it be uh, – if it's not inborn, I think the only other uh, alternative in, in many cases is that it's, uh, it is it it is uh, tri- um, set off at a very early age, like a very early experience of some type. Yeah, no, um, going back to like the UMass writing class, that's actually pretty normal for young kids because it's a stress reliever to a lot of them. So a lot of kids with anxiety will do that in class to calm themselves down in their nerves so it's not like that's pretty actually pretty normal when it comes to uh i think you said experiences a lot of psychology believes that a lot of fetishes do come to be because of something traumatic in their lives like it was something that like something bad happened to them and then their way of coping was making it sexual so you could say that a lot of people from a young age could say that you had some horrific like uh People who are into like crushing had like a horrible like accident where someone fell on them and like they felt like they were going to die and then that reaction made them into liking that thing. So you could say that like um, let's say you're going back to like a high school scenario because a lot of people discover this in high school. I think some of us like me and you kind of discovered it a little bit earlier than that or like had feelings before that. But a lot that you could go back to wrestling and people feeling like getting like for like domination stuff that getting pinned down and doing wrestling and sports kind of peaked that. And you could say that some of those interests had been traumatic enough to be like, I want to try again, let's survive. And then by doing it again, you're like, maybe this, now I'm into this. Now it's turning me on. How can I continue the sensation? For sure. It's definitely something that's, uh, it's eluded me in terms of, of like, what is my specific origin? Because, because it's set up on me. So, um, early like i don't know if it's just something that i i've either blocked out or just legitimately can't remember or or if it is um you know more more benign than that and is uh and uh and wasn't necessarily trauma like i don't know that's that's the question i've always kind of gone back and forth on um because because it um occurred so early that i don't you know i can't I can't piece together if there was such a thing. And, you know, when you're in a, in the creative uh, field as I, you know, I've written stories like this, um, you start to get confused about what's like your, your imagination runs wild. It's like, well, did that, I did have that babysitter. Like, did that happen? And probably not, (laughs) probably not at all. But it's just like, well, I don't remember. Like, like it's just coming to me in in spurts, but there's no there's no like oh yeah like she sat on me or something like even the I think uh, on on uh, fartfetish.info, there's the experience that um, uh, Stephen King relays with his uh, his his babysitter at the time. Um, so obviously some people do have more specific memories, and I don't I don't remember his age at that time in the story, but. People do have specific memories from that childhood, um, and I don't think Stephen King's a fetishist. I'm not sure, but um, so there's articles uh, alluding that he might be based on how much he puts art related stuff into his books. I'm not saying that he is. I'm not going to put that, but there has been a lot of theorizing that he might be in that in his books are a way of him putting in his fantasies within a horror setting. 
Interesting. Interesting. I had not. I, I don't. I don't read much in general, but I had not heard that there there was a, there was more than a few instances of farting in his book. That's very, very cool. I guess in a way, it's it's a pretty interesting article. I uh, I could send it to you later if I find it again, just just so you can give it a read, and maybe it might like help other people. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Please. Yeah. Any any resource definitely helps. Because this isn't very studied or very known to, to many people, even uh, it, it kind of goes under the radar, which is which is you know partly why I want to do the show is is to is to bring it more awareness. I don't know if it I don't know if it's due more awareness, but God damn it, I'm gonna give it more awareness. <laughs> I think it's doing good because um I found this through uh, Twitter from a person who I believe was on the show. I could be wrong. Tweet like, hey, this is like a really good podcast. And then I was I found it after like three episodes were uploaded. And I've been following it ever since, and I've been learning a lot of stuff from it. And the website has a lot of information that even I go back to. Like I have it forever as a tab on my computer because I want to like listen to other podcasts. I suggest just to like learn more about other people because it's so. It's, it's so different for everyone. Absolutely, and I, and I'm very I'm glad to hear it has helped. Talk talk to me a bit. I think we we st- we started it, but you uh, you talked about your uh, early childhood experiences, but you also had it, it sounds like good I, strength is not the right word, but you had good fortitude, I maybe in terms of of just like sharing this part of yourself. Where do you think that came from, or 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 why do you think that is? Like, I, I would say you're you're a bit of an anomaly, and not in a bad way at all. You your ability to be free with this fetish, I think, is is uh, is very enviable and desirable to a lot of people. So I'm curious about your, like, how do you feel when when you're when you're sharing, and and maybe maybe talk about one of your one or or more of your uh, memorable experiences in telling uh, friends or, or whoever. I have, uh, I'm going to start, but I have like a, I have a good handful of stories that I want to share because like, they're all so vastly different. But I think a lot of why I'm so comfortable with it, it was based on how I was raised. I was raised by two wonderful parents who were not necessarily liked by their parents. And so so we are very open. We uh, don't keep secrets. Like, I'm, like, clear, like, they don't know about this. I don't think your future family should know every detail about you. But I was always so taught about like people are people, don't judge people. Like I don't see like a lot of people, like I don't see race, I don't see gender a lot of times. I just see people as people and that's in the, in the openness. And so I think that has a lot to do with my with, like my stuff. Not necessarily about anything, but also telling people sometimes it wasn't my, like not me wanting to do it because one of my... Uh, of telling someone was being blackmailed actually um one of my ex-friends uh found out i was into this and then made me tell a group of a group of our mutual friends at dinner we were having at like a bar (laughs) and everyone there was cool with it but like it scared me because i was like and she held it over my head for like months until i basically had to tell our friends and luckily my experience with that was everyone was cool with it and no one judged me on it but it was still like nerve-wracking like i just made these friends why well, i don't want to lose them and then that was my that, so that was one of the negative negative experience with it um but going back for more positive stuff um i recently uh told one of my closest friends like two months like at like near like the middle of may 
about this and his response was uh we, well people like what they like like it doesn't matter and then started joking about how horrible his gas was and like you couldn't and like how i couldn't survive being there with it if he let one out and i was just laughing because we're having a heart to heart that day but i think my most i think a better story for anyone is i have this really close friend we were kind of well we we liked each other we were very sexually into each other we were always close we hung out all the time and one day after rehearsal, because we were both in a production of Macbeth, I we were walking to the bus and I was like, yo, like, I'm really into this. Do you feel like trying it? And he goes, you're really open about this. I'm like, yeah, I, I'm just sh- doing this. And we did end up trying it. Um, he didn't like it, but he was willing enough to try it. And when he would use his uh, gas over hangout, we needed to do one-on-one where he would just constantly let it go to keep people away from us so we could keep our conversation between us if we were in like a mall or something. Yeah, or um, one of my really close friends constantly will ask me like, so why do you like it? Like, I like men ass. Like, I love men's asses, but I don't like that. Actually, like, why do you like this? Or um, they're very curious. A lot of my female friends are very, very curious about just like the ins and outs of it. Like, how did I discover it? Why do you think I like this? Is it trauma-based? Is it not trauma-based? Like, <laughs> will you, are you going to tell every partner you have? I don't think you should because it's going to limit yourself. And I'm like, it's a part of me. I just, it's me. It's a, it's, a, it's kind of like me being gay. I'm like, you can take it or leave it. If you don't like it, that's fine. But I don't need you to tell me constantly. Yeah, for sure. I, I, and I think that's, you had, I think you, you're, you're very fortunate to have two uh, great elements the uh, positive lack of shame uh, from an early age and, and positive encouragement and, and running into good people. Like you, you, I mean, you had that blackmail experience, but it, it sounds like even, even in that, it turns out that it wasn't necessarily anything negative. Like, I, I think there's a, there's a, f- we kind of prescript our, um, our interactions in our head and we're like, oh, this is how, if I say this, this is how it's going to go. When in many ways, uh, you just need to kind of go for it. Like your own comfort level, obviously don't, you know, don't uh, basically be breaking down while you're trying to admit this. But like, it's it's a part of you. And the way you share it is is going to, I think, come across as well to the people you're sharing with. If you have confidence, if you feel like, well, you know, this is, you know, I have nothing to be shamed about because even if this is, you know, weird as it were, as far as society goes, um, this is me. I've accepted it. I've, I've come to terms with, with who I am, what I enjoy and take it or leave it. You know, I think, I think there needs to be more embrace of that attitude. It is of course easy, like, like any muscle, it's easier uh, the longer you've been doing it, you know, the, the earlier you start, but you can, you can't like, there's only, there's really only two paths. It's either you go forward and, and share yourself with people or you, you kind of continue to hide it. And, you know, you can have find pleasure in the hiding it if you want. Um, but it just may be a lonely experience in terms of, of, uh, really connecting with people because I think people too, they, they have, an idea that you're hiding something or even you just feel it yourself. Like I, when I go out, you know, I think there's a part of me that feels like, you know, these, these people don't want you to talk to them because whatever, uh, you know, insert self doubt here, people. And I think we forget that people are, 
pretty much just like us. They're they're insecure, they're doubtful about, you know, themselves, how they look, how they are that day, whatever. And I think even when you're when you're coming to people with something that's like um you feel like you know the answer already, I think people can surprise us. Yeah, no, for sure. Like I um I'm not going to say that I wasn't nerve-wracked while telling some people and sometimes I did double down or like I was like oh I'm so sorry like if I'm taking this too far or like you don't want to talk about it just let me know like I don't want to push this on you but like it'd be fun just to talk about because at the same way like as much as it as much as it is like a fetish a big part of me I also find it fucking hilarious like it's just fun like it's I it's like a bonding experience with some of my like me and my male friends I find like you're so comfortable we're bonding we're having fun it's nothing like it's, it's not like I don't think, I think there's a time and a place for everything. So I think you could have it being sexual, but you could also just have it being fun and just a way of, you know, just like friends being friends. And I think you could have that at any age. I think you could be like 72 and you could just have it out with your friends and, and just, it's just like no shame because at that level, you're just every, as long as you're comfortable with everything and you know the person at the end of the day, because again, we're all going to have, I, like, I have second doubt half the time, but it's being around people that you know and getting to find the right people and not going up to people and forcing it on them, which I had to learn because I used to ask people being like, hey, if I found them attractive and, and, I, and I found it easier to use the fetish because I'd be like, oh, I'm just acting than actually ask them out and get rejected because I found that to be more of a safety net. No, that's great. That's great. That is something, uh, despite, despite me acting, that is something I can't like in the in on a set that's fine but like in the real world i it's it's like a mental block for me so i i I applaud you for being able to uh put yourself in that headspace that's that's i'm I'm sure a great strength as well it it helps it it kind of when you don't want it when it does not work out you can separate it It doesn't always work like in my experience it never worked out but then you have to question it because a lot of because in high school i told the wrong person and it spread so the entire school knew I was into it and I still had friends. I saw people still talk to me, but they were so fixated on it. And you had to, and I, you had the question later, like I'm questioning it now. I'm like, why were they so fixated on it? If they didn't like it, like, why did they always bring it up? Why did they always talk about it? Why was it always a conversation within a small group of friends that would torment me? Like, why did they care so much? You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like the, it, it feels like, um, kind of the the curiosity that kids have like when they learn of something new they kind of just have like a thousand questions about it um it it sounds like it's almost like that in a way but with uh with adult people yeah like you you were talking about uh the one experience with i think you said your best friend where he tried it and and wasn't really into it is is the not liking it a more common experience like what what have you uh seen well, I've only ever had two experiences where it actually, I actually, they would try it one back when I was 13 and one as recent like, as like 2020. So they're vastly different. Um, when I was 13 at the time, it became a regular thing. It was just uh, friends being friends. If he had to let one rip, he would tell me and then I would roll on my back and he would sit on my face and boom, we're done. And that was just our hangouts and that and it would be like maybe like 10 11 a day <laughs> and it would just it would just be like in the middle of us gaming or just watching movies or just like a thing because he found it funny and i think he found the idea of doing it funny and that was just how we did it 
when it came to my best friend, he did it. It was so awkward even getting to the, because we're like, oh, what's a good position? Like, are you good? And then afterwards, he was like, are you okay? Had like a really good, like, um, deep breathing afterwards. And he said he was like feeling about, like, he's like, maybe I'll try it again. Like, it was kind of fun. And then later on, it was like, mm, like, as of like a couple months ago, he was kind of like, no, like, it's cool. Like, you don't push on me. I love that about you. You ask me all the time if I'm comfortable and stuff, but I just don't feel like doing it. I'm like, oh, that's perfectly okay. But like, I, 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 I felt honored that you would try it with me at least once. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that is, it does seem like a quite a big, um, something for someone to take on, especially, you know, not, not being within the fetish, you know, like I say, if you're in the fetish, you kind of know the parameters. It becomes like a, a simpler negotiate negotiation. How did you like approach asking, um, like your friends, for instance, like, I guess, I guess your more, more recent experience in, in 2020. I have approached it in many different ways and the experience of how I did it is different. With uh, some of my earlier experiences, I would ask very, actually I still do this now. It's kind of a fun probing question I do with people because it's just fun to hear them answer. Like, even if I don't tell them that I'm into it, it's still a fun question I ask my friends. So I would ask them like, hey, if someone you knew or a partner asked you to fart on them, would you do it, yes or no? And then I would listen to the response maybe, you know, and we just talk about that uh, with the ones that I told them like, okay, how about if I asked? Like, how if I asked you, what would you do? And then then he'll go like, are you into it? I'm like, yeah. And then he's like, well, then that's all. like, well, it's not really my thing, but like, I thank you for letting me know. Like, that was well brave of you, but like, no, I, I wouldn't personally do it. When it came to my earlier one, I was just like, yo, I <laughs> I, I answered that, but I we were just walking. I was like, we've been friends for a year now, and you know, and we and you know all about me. And he already knew I was into it beforehand because I told him while we were drunk, hanging like cuddling on the couch together, and I was like, hey, are you like? do you want to try it out? Like, is that something you would like to do? And he was like, yeah, okay. Like, I, I don't mind trying out one. And then it was like, try to plan a day. And that was the most stressful part of my life. Sure. Do you find, and and like, for, forgive any negative, or not negative, but but poor framing on this question, because I'm, I'm just trying to uh, parse through it. Do you feel any oddness when you're, kind of on just a hangout with friends and and one of them uh does happen to fart but not you know not necessarily in a in a dominating or or more direct way uh in in you know like pointed towards your fetish do you like how do those situations feel for you uh if if i may ask i don't i don't mean to pry if that's you know too personal see uh i've never thought of this at all until but like um I kind of, for me, I don't have those things because it's very situational for me. Like I can separate French, like playfulness, whereas, but I'm not going to lie. There has been times where like a good friend of mine has uh, ripped one. And then later I fantasize, I had a whole fantasy setting about it. And then like, yeah, I did like get off to it. And I'm not going to lie because I feel like they, like I, like a lot of them know, like they know, like they know what's going to happen. Like there's a couple of my friends where I'm like, yeah, no, like. If they did that around me, yeah, I'm going to go home and I'm going to masturbate to it. But I don't bring it up. But I think, like in the back of their minds, I, I think they're like, yeah, no. But at the same, but it's never brought up and it never really ruins anything. But I think, you, like even for me, I'm like, I get a little embarrassed by doing it because I'm like, fuck, like <laughs> it's like they're my friend, but I'm like at the same time, I'm like, 
I don't think that necessarily because we don't show same sexuality that necessarily if a person's wear or not doesn't mean you can't get enjoyment out of it. I, I honestly do believe that both sides of this community can correlate with each other because or like straight and gay people or like even if like you're not a non fiction the fetishes of this can be like really good friends and can actually have fun with, with the fetishes without necessarily having both parties be into it. And I think that's more why it's easier for me to talk to people about it because I believe that people are willing to try it they can have fun with it not so they get turned out like it might not relate to anything but they might find aspects of it fun and they might be willing to try it again and you could make your friendship stronger that way there's actually a really good uh tumblr story series called uh day farts which is pretty much about a gay and a straight friend who's one's into it one's not and their friendship and how it builds and how it's not judgmental and the one in the, the fetish is getting more comfortable with the idea that their friend might not find might not be interested in it, but just their bond together and i think that's an aspect that people don't talk about is that this is uh, our fetish is very bonding if you find the right people who are willing to do it are very open about it and you could strengthen your like your bonds with with your friends and those alike yeah that's actually that's actually a great comment and and i think ties into uh, what we were saying earlier about intimacy, like in a, in a way, even if it's a friendship, like I think, and, and this again, maybe my bias, I'm an introverted guy, it, but it seems to me that society, um, it's almost like conformity is more, it, conformity is something people prefer in their social interactions, even even amongst friends, rather than digging deep into into things. I'm not saying like friends don't have deep conversations, but when you really get into into the the nitty-gritty of people like and, and maybe it's the fetish that does this. Maybe because we have this unique thing, it opens itself up to people being uh closer to us specifically, uh if we can share that part of ourselves. But I do I do think there is I think people do still hide themselves even whether they have a fetish or not i think there's a uh an almost feeling of burden if you put too much or share too overshare i guess they call it with with someone else um but i, I me personally i think that's what friendship is and especially if you get into the relationship side as well but like friendship is kind of knowing the 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 intimate details of someone and 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 what they kind of like because i think even on a on a you know even if that someone isn't someone you date directly that connection may lead you to someone else very very likely and the more people you meet the the better your odds are going to be anyways you know i uh, completely agree with that um like uh, one of my friends has a really big foot fetish. So me just being a dumbass was like, okay, rate my feet, like from one to 10, how sexy are my feet? And then just doing that as a way. But yeah, I agree because a part of like most great, like like romantic relationships, they, you have to be friends first. So it's always, your, your friendships are always going to be intimate. And that's how you can separate an acquaintance or like a colleague from like a good friend is by feeling open and being able to be intimate like i but like conforming is not a bad thing like i think there's time and places for this to come out like i wouldn't go into work and be like hey co-workers like this is what i'm into everything's great um don't question it <laughs> um anyways let, 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 let's go get coffee later 
<laughs> right, right. But when it comes to like, yeah, but like I think when it comes to friendships, like you should, I think a lot of people do have conforming conversations where like this is what society deems French conversations to be. And I don't want to deviate from the script that I've been given. And I think we as people should deviate constantly from like TV shows and movie things of like how they deem friendships versus how friendships actually are. Absolutely. That's a, that's a good, that's a good point, especially, especially in, uh, in the arts, in the media industry, because it is so, if you are someone who's not very social or, or does get, you know, basically uh, taking their cues, uh, social cues from uh, movies and TV, it's uh, like, there's, there's something there, but it's not, it's not real. It's, it's, I mean, at the very base level, it's scripted. So it almost, you know, it, 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 it's written to work out or not work out or whatever the situation in the movie or, or TV or play is. Um, and I think, I think you mentioned it as well. It's just not, um, it's not the way people are like they, the writers, you know, they, they, they do their best to, to bring a realistic portrayal, but you can't, uh, TV will always be, um, uh, or TV, uh, media will always be, uh, I, I I never remember the word. I, I not pretentious, but like it's uh it's 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 fabricated, you know? It can never as as realistic as it tries to be, it can never be the real thing. And that's why I think more media, like uh that's why uh, this is just a tangent, but that's why I believe that a lot of writers put their fetishes into their stuff is more of like a way to like nod to the people who have it but when it's a poorly written thing then like there's no point but like like one of my earlier awakenings to this I, as you could say was um when i was younger ham montana was huge and there was an episode where robbie Wright rips one in the room and i and i feel like some of those nods can help people just feel comfortable with that because like well if they're doing it in like media not like dan snyder version when he put feet in everything and then it kind of got to the point where it's like okay that's absurd dude like we, we get it you need to stop but like little hints here and there just to be like i'm i'm one of you without saying i'm one of you and just hinting it but also you can disguise it as comedy as well which is i think is why i like our fetish particularly is that it is a it, it's it is a form of comedy so you can sneak it into like anything and just have a laugh True. That is very true. And I, I feel like uh, maybe maybe it's a little after, uh, after? Before. Maybe it's a little before your time. But like uh, fart humor was very prominent through like I think the 90s and maybe early 2000s. Like Nickelodeon and not so much Disney Channel, but a lot of movies had fart humor at the time. Uh, and you don't see that as much anymore. But uh, but there was definitely a, a time. I mean, it's not as common. I think more it has like more of that sort of humor is for like it's really really bad movies and more like cartoonish. It's more cartoons than like action. And now I believe. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Have you like in in talking to your your non uh, non fetish uh, friends, acquaintances, what have you? Have you uh, gotten any interesting like insights from them or, or heard anything interesting about about the fetish or anything like? interesting in general uh i guess around it i think a lot of people I and mean, that's been spread on your thing before like said on here or other podcasts is a lot of it's it's a common insight is a lot of people go oh you're into this but you must be into like scat play and it's i think that's an insight that a lot of people have and i don't know how that started i think it's kind of like um how people talk about bisexuals and how 
they don't believe and how they just say like bisexual is like a gateway to coming out as gay and not necessarily like being that so i think a lot of people might say like having like the fart fetish itself is just a gateway or like oh i have that but i'm actually into this more i guess you could say extreme version of it that people are just like oh you like that so you have to be into that that's just how it works And, and you just have to go no that's not how it works and i think talking more about it and like taking the conversation as why this i think this is a good thing and be like this is its own thing kind of like how bisexuals are like no we are we exist we're real um stop saying false like uh stop lying about us because you don't know us absolutely absolutely i think that's that's uh as as sexuality becomes more and more um uh in in the mainstream people are talking about it more rather than just assuming uh, the default options, as it were, there is um, unfortunate pushback in people like, well, no, that can't be, or or people just they they their preconceived notions are are challenged, um, which is always always difficult, always uh, always a struggle. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I like I understand the the uh, uh, I guess fart to scat pipeline, as it were. Um, and it, it, you know, it on a on a general level, it makes sense. I mean, I've written stories um, that involved scat, but I wouldn't call myself a, a a scat fetishist or even an enjoyer of that. It just, in some ways, uh, as a narrative device, I suppose, uh, makes sense. But uh, I think there is a there is a division uh, between between the two fetishes, and obviously not for everybody. I think some people do like both. But, uh, but it's, uh, go ahead. No, I was just agreeing because there's a lot of like, uh, I'm very into like the uh, story scene. I think that's how I personally got more into it was reading stories. And I've read some of yours because I was experimenting, like I said, because I didn't know if it was just men or I could be into women too. So a lot of your stories did help me realize that, no, I don't like women do it. Not for me. But, uh, you know, a lot of like, I think people are now more comfortable with saying that they like both because a lot more of like the newer stories coming out are like, okay, so we have these elements now and all that. I know it's not for everyone, but I'm into it. So I'm going to add it more into my work. So the more that we come out and talk about the stuff, the easier it is for me. Like, no, I'm actually RM into both, but I know it's not for everyone. So I'm going to like be like, okay, here's the section. You can skip like these pages of my work, or there's a little hints here and there. If you don't like it, I'm like, that's fine. You can read until that part. For sure. I'm going to I'm going to switch I mean it's not we're not switching that far but you you mentioned in your in your uh, uh messages to me uh, about um uh, uh seeing a feeling of entitlement from from uh, I guess especially guys asking for fart videos C- could you talk to me a little bit about what you're what you're seeing in that respect I can also have a personal work because I used to be entitled when I was extremely younger I think a lot of the entitlement comes with being immature because I also now with everything being so open access but before like only fans and stuff you would have these guys who would find it funny and they would put in their work and then you'd have a bunch of very horny creepy men as we call them as i think they are because you kind of can't and they're like okay how about you i'll pay you like 500 like i'll pay you like 50 bucks for this please do this to me i want your underwear and when you're let's say my because a lot of them were my are like my age at the time back then you're like no like this is gross and you're being too aggressive and then when someone does agree with then someone does do it now they're looking and i and then they're like oh they did it for me once so now they're going to keep doing it for me and now i 
have to do it and there's no boundaries now and when they start doing boundaries they go but you were cool with it before what's up with it now like why and i'm like it kind of and i think it's more of just more comments and video based because there's some people they're so repressed that this is their outlet and i don't think they know how to do it in a healthier way because they're so stuck like they're emotionally stunted because they never tried to open up about it never tried to have healthy conversations and that's a big topic right now within the gay side of this and i think it's on the straight side too just not talked about as often because i think it's more hushed hush but we are trying to make ourselves better make ourselves and just make our community stronger on our on the gay side that we we constantly bring this up and we're like guys why are we doing this like stop doing this stop trying to steal other people's content stop selling other people's content we're trying to fix ourselves so much that a lot of this stuff is more brought to light and in my case i would ask people if they would be cool doing the act other than having the videos because i was like i was like 14 and being like i'm just horny as hell i need some way to let it out right and i think it's um it, it may be unique to uh um the the male side in general, whether it be straight or or um, or gay, because I think uh, I think it's like you say, people are are socially stunted. They're clinging on to like, oh, I I hooked up with this person, you know, I I had fart play with this person. I there's almost a sense of ownership because it's like, well, well why don't you want this too? Like, I want this, and I'm I'm desperate. Like, what? Why aren't you feeling the same way I do? And it's kind of like a lack of self-awareness in terms of what, um, in what people realize. Like it's similar to to me uh, doing this show and and, uh, and talking about the the guys, uh, the straight guys that post uh, on FetLife all the time for you know just like uh, you know uh, I'm just gonna pull out a state randomly, but like New Jersey, uh, looking for a farting woman near me, and assuming this is going to um, yield results uh because i mean even if there even if there were um a, a plethora of of women um desiring to give farts as an as an uh, as a uh, enjoyment thing which i i question how many there are um there's also the element of of not like it's just it's just how you appro- how you approach that is gonna be all that matters and i think the on the like online you know semi-anonymous FetLife posting just doesn't reach it, it, it doesn't reach in the way that you want it to I think even if you wrote like a a massive paragraph or or a massive like story about about your desires I think people still wouldn't get it I think there's a lot that comes from uh, understanding people's tone and how they're how they're looking at this because when you just read something straight text you have no idea how this person wrote that or, or what they were thinking when they when they wrote that. And it's it's really hard to get all the context out. Yeah, like I'm not gonna lie. Like I've um I don't think that we shouldn't ask people, but I believe that there's certain platforms that is more acceptable. Like I've asked certain creators who start OnlyFans being like, Hey, I love your content. I really like you're attractive, like of course I'm subscribing to your OnlyFans page. Would you consider doing something like this? And I've had positive things from that too just how i asked people are like oh no like that's not something for me but one dude was uh like it was like um i'll 
what do you like about it? What sort of things do you like? What sort of videos are you looking for? And then being like, I think it's really cool. You're such a, you're like, you're not a, like, it, I'm not like, you're cool. We're not judging you. I don't feel comfortable doing this type of client. I'm like, oh, sure. Like, no problem. Like, it's not for everyone. Like, but like, I'm still gonna be, I'm still a fan. So I'm still gonna be like, yeah, I'm gonna support you no matter what. But thank you so much for even like, getting back to me and even like considering it that just not the world. And I feel like the more, I feel like it's how you ask for things, not necessarily the asking itself. I don't think, I, I'm not saying like, after today like like people who listen to this just flood people's messages no they like don't do that but like if it's someone you really really like and respect and you like their personality and it's because for me i am demisexual so i have to have a connection to have any type of like thing even with this so if i feel like so para parasocial relationships are huge for me and if they if i even get a sense that the person's like an asshole i'm i'm done like i'm gone you're no longer like i might like your content but i have no desire for anything else for sure this is this. I mean, I I had this weird question. I, I I do you the the way the way you were talking about OnlyFans. Do you do you see OnlyFans as an actual way to uh, connect with people, or or are you just seeing it like as a as a place to uh, like like buy and or subscribe to content? Um, I think it can be both. Like I've had certain content creators who were straight who would have full on conversations with me about like what who actually have made me videos and then got upset with me because i was like because we did discuss like a pricing beforehand i'm like no like i get it like but like don't start getting mad at me because you did it because i'm trying to figure out like he was like oh i can't do this i'm like i'm not asking you to do it all the time like i'm not asking for like 16 videos a day i'm just like one is enough but like you can't get mad at like you're i'm answering your questions best that i can and if you're not getting it you need to clarify but i've had good conversations with people i've had uh some people just ignore me which is perfectly fine like if i was getting a bunch of comments too from like really horny people i wouldn't answer all of them either but a lot of but a lot of the gay fart community is on OnlyFans. like a lot of the like they have like the people who are on twitter have that so i feel like you can talk to them because they know it and they will be like okay like there's some really uh, great people who do like clips for sale who's on there who I had full on conversations with about like what I like about it, pricing, being like, and talking about pricing and him thinking like I want it for free. I'm like, no, no, I just don't have the money. <laughs> like, what's like, this is how much I have. And with like conversion rates, because a lot of the people who do that are from, honestly, are from England and from the States. So, my dollar kind of sucks compared to those two so i so you might say that this is like 25 dollars, but to me i'm just i just don't spend 40 bucks <laughs> so it's more of like just like talking about that if you're doing like a consumer thing also a lot of things that i saw are people getting ripped off and i think that's allowed to get upset about because if you are expecting natural or like on command content but someone edits fart sound effects to it and you get upset and you want your money back i think at that point it's a consumer product thing and you should get upset by that because you weren't promised what you got and i think people do kind of use the fact that they see us i think a lot of people especially like the straight uh the fake straight uh dom guys who see us and they go oh you're desperate and use that against us and they look down on us will kind of scam us like i've been i'm not gonna lie i've got like it's kind of sad but there was people who i paid money for and it was past the deadline i was supposed to get my video and i was like hey and they blocked me yeah yeah that's that's yeah no unfortunately there are uh 
uh, and I don't think it's unique to the the porn industry, but there are some unscrupulous uh, uh, business people, unfortunately, that don't they don't take business for the like. I come from a business family, so I, I look at business as pretty. Um, uh, you know, th- that's that's your reputation. That's everything. Um, how you how you conduct your business, your pricing, all this is a reflection on you and your business. So uh, it's unfortunate, but I'm sure common where people just either take advantage, uh, you know, uh, take the money and run. You know, I- I'm sure this this does happen probably more more often than it ever should at all. I think even like I I think we should talk more about that in a way of like not like not on here but like if it happens be like hey this like uh this person did this and a lot of people are doing that now being like i was promised this i didn't get it and now they're like yelling at me being like well i said we delivered but you did it and i think we sh- as people who have this or just people or just videos in general like of any type of fetish is that you have to know your audience but you have to be fair because at the end of the day you're you're it's a product you're paying for a product and you should get what you want and if you did it then yeah you should the person should be like you should get angry and you should point these people out and then you're saving other people heartache and time from like them getting ripped off absolutely i i i'm surprised uh well i'm not that surprised i don't i don't buy custom videos that often but i've been using um it's I want I I want clips, um, and they have a, a basically a timer system. So if the person doesn't you know upload the video within you know thirty days or whatever whatever the time limit is, uh, the money gets refunded back to you. So I, I, that's a, that's a pretty good system. It obviously doesn't fix the the quality control issues, um, but I, I'm surprised to see OnlyFans doesn't have something like that in terms of uh, make sure you get your money. Well, OnlyFans is different because a lot of people will have you pay offsite. Uh, so so a lot of the times where i got scammed was someone being like i don't want to use like this we're using paypal or cash app instead well i can't use cash app because that's not in my country but so i do a lot of paypal transactions and that's where you get scammed because on only fans it goes you put the video on there's a price and if you have the money you can buy it if you don't then you're then it's not there i got you i got you yeah i'm sure only fans like uh like when i was doing clips for sale they take uh if i'm not mistaken they take 40 percent so you're, I think you're that's lo- the same with OnlyFans now too. Yeah, you're losing quite a bit of like you almost feel. I mean, again, as a business, you feel like you should charge more just to cover that um, that percentage gap because that's that's quite a that's quite a um, it's quite a take rate. No, that's understandable. I believe that you should. It it depends for me when it comes to custom videos. I the longer it is, the more it should be, in my opinion. Like I like uh, one of the purses that I got a custom was it was five dollars every minute and I think that's a fair price. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. And all of his stuff is real, and he does it for a living. And he, and I'm like, it, I'm like, I, that's cool. Like that's fine. It's when people charge like forty, fifty dollars for like five seconds. I'm like, that's not worth it. Like I, like I'm not. I can't even like talk about how that makes sense. Like I can't logically go. Yeah, I can do that. No, that's stupid. If you're going to do like. Uh, if you're not like the like do like a clip show and so like do like two four five minutes and so for like twelve or like twenty four because that makes sense or like how it, like, it depends on the person and their stuff but I wouldn't for me I hate when people this is such a tangent it's not even based on the thing but uh I hate when people sell videos that are like so horribly produced and are so stupid and it was like 
30, 40 bucks. Yeah, no, it's it's true. I I don't see that so much on the uh, on the on the female producer side, um, but it's definitely there. There's definitely like whether it be using sound effects, just low quality production. I'm pretty picky, so like for me, it's all like I don't I don't enjoy most of the content that comes out. But as far as low quality, like that becomes uh, it becomes easier to like if, if when they put a preview and and you can see the like what they're doing. It's just like ah, this is. I, I, I see what you're trying to do. You're trying to um, take advantage of this, uh, basically, uh, de- desperate uh, people who are desperate for content, which I guess is everybody in porn. You don't need a fetish or not. People are always wanting to watch porn. Yeah, if you're desperate, I think uh, you're, you'll, you'll pay anything if you're desperate enough for something. And that's why I think being why, what I'm doing, not saying that like, I think people, you know what I'm going to say? People should be more open about it and more like me and being okay because then you get less desperate because you know that like i can get some like i it's fine like i just recently got a friend who is like who constantly as we hang out rips out in front of me all the time he's he makes jokes about it, he's so open about it and it's not gonna lie it's really hot it's really fun and i feel like that even that kind of takes the desperation away from it or just having friends because i have a lot of friends who have it who send me videos so i don't have to go around begging for things but it's when you corner yourself and you block out the world that you're going to spend like like this one dude was charging five hundred dollars for a minute i'm like dude you're fucking stupid by doing that but people are so desperate that they are paying five hundred to a thousand dollars for like a minute and that to me is like why like i don't get it i don't know how you could make yourself so stuck that you are willing to spend almost your whole life fortune because not every because no one's not, not everyone's rich and you're putting yourself into debt. I think some of these people are just to experience one hot dude. Absolutely, and I think I think at that point there's you almost have to accept that your part of your fetish is is being financially dominated. I would say, like I, I mean, I'm not going to obviously tell someone what their fetishes are, but like any kind of economical or, or financial sense uh it, it doesn't really make so and like if you're into that then like more power to you like i like personally i don't want to like i don't get it but like you know what if you like like i'm not into domination at all i think domination kind of puts me off a lot when it comes to it and that's a majority of like the work is being like you Stop or like calling me a fag and the minute that happens i'm totally gone so i think i'm more niche when it comes to my stuff so i do custom videos because of how different i am to other people but no like i think that if that if they want to be drained like money drained like that masters have their place but i feel like we need to start vetting on like who actually cares and who's doing it because they need to pay off their college debt and this is their like or they want to get like the fancy things and they're just using this as a money thing other than like a like a beneficial like you scratch my back i scratch yours i'm having fun being a dominant master and having fun with this and i in, but at the end of the day we can go get beers and be friends absolutely what do you what do you feel about the um the monetization element uh within within the gay side and and maybe as a as a second question is uh the the whole uh farter sniffer dichotomy which i i talked with uh, Dill about on one of the previous episodes. Like, do you have any opinions on those those two uh, those two areas? I think that everything's going to get monetized 
And if people are willing to pay, then go for it. I necessarily don't agree with everything being monetized or people who share stuff on, like, people are very big on sharing things on Twitter. I don't think if you're, like, doing preview, if you're going to put a huge production into it, like, you're going to have, like, actors and a producer and a cameraman, then, yeah, you can monetize it and sell it off the road. But if you're just going to sit in your room with your camera turned on, I don't necessarily believe and this could be me, and I could get like flack from saying this, but I don't think that in itself should be monetized because it's like it's not like yes, it would be nice to get money for doing something you love, even if it's like in a sexual way, but it's not necessarily not doing anything new, and it's not something that I and I can find that for free anywhere. So why would I pay money for that when I can just hop on Twitter and have all these really hot guys who are just confident enough to like just post it on their Twitter feed and like interact with me and it's free then go to like their OnlyFans later and be like it's the same content I'm getting for free why do I want to pay for it um when it comes to the uh sniffer fire dynamic well a lot of the gay scene also just uses Dom and Sniffer too but if you're doing strictly fart really then you have fart and Sniffer I uh I don't see a problem if you're meeting up with people to have a role where I I get off on doing this because I think there's difference between online sharing and in person. Like for me, I will send things to people. I will send videos to people and I'll do it. But in real life, I prefer to be dominated. And I would prefer to be in like a meet situation, but I can do both, but I get more out of it if I'm sniffing it than I am farting on it. And I think that just depends on personality types like, if you're more dominant as a human being or more competitive, you're going to like the farter role more than the sniffer role and vice versa. And I think that everyone should be do both, but there's always going to be a preference there. And I don't think we should shame people for in, in like meetups for only liking one thing. But like, yeah, I think it's stupid that people just won't send videos to others. For sure. For sure. There's, I definitely, I definitely understand that. Like I've, I've had my, um, uh confusion about it just because it's it is so different in the in the male uh male female uh interaction um unless you know maybe outside of the only fans like like women aren't just randomly farting and sending men videos it's just it's not what they enjoy it's not it's not something that's um done but you do see that and i i have been on on uh on a couple of uh of uh, uh gay fart fetish twitters and and you do see exactly um, exactly that. It's people who, pretty much, whether they set up a camera in a in a you know a, a more produced way or not, you get the sense that this is just what I enjoy doing, um, and and that's what makes the 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 breakdown between the two um, sides a little more confusing because I, I guess in the on the straight side, like to not be monetized, like there's nothing that's not monetized, like. Like unless it is a preview or something on on uh, on either clips for sale as a preview or or on Twitter as like an advertisement, like it's pretty much going to be a product you're consuming. Whereas there is a free a freeware I guess uh, element to um, mail farting as as there are um, people who are just doing it for fun. Sure. Um, also, uh, this might be I put on a lot of forums and stuff for more of like the straight side of this, I guess I uh, was on like a straight far fetish thing. And I talked to a lot of girls who are into men to like 
guys farting at them. And I believe that, I know this has been a question that's been uh, brought up, but I do think that both sides of the community can come together. But like in a way where let's like, uh, I could talk to a straight woman who's into guys and we could bond and be like, oh my God, you have, you like that guy too? Oh my God. And we can talk about that as well as like, women into like women to women and men into women stuff and like have that way but also just i believe our communities can come together it won't be like the easiest thing but i feel like there's so much similarities in what each side likes but the terminology is different as i've learned from this but they're everyone's so similar that you can come together in a way and make our and make this community bigger so like, like still have your niche like you still have like them separate like you can have like a common meeting ground but then outside of that you can still have our own like separate communities where we can go more in depth into it because sexuality does play a huge part of this as well and you want people like you you know who like get turned on at the same way and that like you can relate to like certain experiences with absolutely i think um in, in many ways that's uh it, what what this podcast was kind of about and like in lieu of having like a um a a uh, a fetishist convention like as it were like this is kind of where we can start that element of of trying to get people it's trying to get people to move beyond that the the porn aspect and the and the shallow uh sexuality aspects of it and and get into the actual talking about it theorizing what you know what's this fetish about what you know why did it come about how did it come about how is it treating you uh what are your thoughts about it and i think if if uh if both sides of the community or like a segment of the community can do that in a in a in a you know larger way i think we could um I think we. I, I agree with you. I think we could have a some kind of meeting, or maybe even just a roundtable amongst fetishists um, online. You know, have a, have a discussion of people uh, doing that. That's another way to to maybe grow beyond this. You know, single host podcast into something that's a little more um, participatory. I know, of course. Like, no, I agree with that. But I also, I with something that you brought up, and I think that we need to focus more on is. When it comes to it, yes, we're we're turned off by, but you, it's not who we are. Like it's not all we are. And I think a lot of the times when we're in our communities, we get so obsessed with, I like this. This is what we this we can bond that we forget that people have other interests. Like I like I, there's some people who want who have I've tried talking to who are like I want to talk, but then like they don't keep conversations up, and it's kind of hard to keep conversations. And you want to like try to make mutuals and stuff. But you're so, but I think a lot of people are so stuck on, this is what you are, this is what we should talk about, and I kind of want, and I like your service, and I think you're attractive, and I want to talk more about that, because it's turning, it's talking about farce is turning, turning me on, not necessarily both of us, because not like all the time, that you forget that like, people like music, and you can talk about your favorite bands, or you can talk about like your favorite movies, and actually form bonds, and they could, and then they could make the, and then you make the community stronger, because then you're not just two people who like the same things now you're like getting to a point where it's like no but like we could actually like go to a concert together we both love this band we both love this genre we could actually hang out and have other things to do than just sitting there being like well do you have gas no do you know what are we going to do then yeah absolutely i was thinking too yeah yeah and even could be extended to like 
playing video games online together. Like there's so many possibilities within this, whether, you know, whether it be, you know, streamed and, and it's like, hey, look, these, these fetishists have other interests as well. I mean, not like, hey, look at them, but like, <laughs> like they, uh, these fetishists have other interests and they're, you know, showing it. Maybe, you know, maybe there's a little bit of, of talk about the fetish during, but it's mostly about doing a video game or playing a video game as it were. I think people, uh, I definitely have this, or, or have had this issue working on this issue is I think when people are not used to being social, there's a mental element that kind of rushes rushes you to like, oh, I'm going out, I, I need to find a girlfriend tonight, or I need to find a partner tonight, or whatever. It's not like, I'm going to go out and, and have fun. I'm going to go out and talk to a person, you know, not like with stakes. I'm just going to go out and have a conversation with people. And I think um, when it's uh, when it is a skill you're building or, or a skill you're not used to flexing as much, uh, I think there's a, a very uh, high, po- high potential to – uh, kind of get lost in the goal, quote unquote, and not the experience. Yeah, no, I agree. I also, this might just be me being biased, but I think everyone should do some type of of acting exercise, even like doing an improv class, because it brings you out of your shell and you get to learn so much. And I think people, this is just people in general, this doesn't have to be about this, but um with my acting experience in my training, it helped me open up a lot emotionally, physically, mentally to the point where I am like to the point where I was okay with doing this itself. Cause I don't think like three years ago, I would even be like near the amount of being able to talk about this openly and knowing that people are going to hear my story. I feel like that if we want to do this and we, and people want community, but you need to put the work in and you need to, start going yes we all like this but we need to find more common ground than just this and it's not like it's not just wrong to have like that have the common ground but at the end of the day you're not going to get anywhere and you're not going to show other people outside of this what it's like if there's if that's all you talk about and that's constantly what you're doing or just like with my scenario yes this is i'm into this but i didn't become friends with them and this is why i want to tell other people because i think my words can be true i don't make friendships just to be like okay now we're, now we're comfortable enough now we're going to bring in my fetish to bond I'm like no that's not what I do I make genuine friendships and then because of how close we are can then approach the topic other than because I think there's going to be some people not everyone but there are some people who would go out and just do it for the fart reason and not because they care about the person because they think there's an end goal and I don't want my my stories to come off as that's why I've done what I've done. It's more of just I feel comfortable with these people. And if it happens, it happens, it doesn't, it doesn't. But at the end of the day, we are still friends because we still like the same games or we like the same movies and we can still talk about life and our experiences and what we want in like our dreams. And it's not just that thing, but that thing helps us bond because I'm no longer hiding and I can go up to my friend and be like, Oh my God, I met this dad and fuck did he rip ass man. Like, come on. Like it was such a hot, I had such hot, I had such fucking hot fart sex last night. Like, come on. And then you can just talk about it. Right. Right. <laughs> no, it's true. It's very true. I, I, I agree. I agree with your, your, what you said that, that, this isn't like whether it whether they be fetishists or not. Sexuality is not 
everything about a person. It's it may be a very important part and and something you should share. Um, but it's there's so much more to the human experience and and just experiencing our fellow humans uh, in you know in the in the life we have, whether you know what what you know going to the movies, whatever. But there's so many um, there's so many ways to I think enjoy life that overthinking or or having like schemes about how you're going to get to this next place i think leads to a lot of i mean not only negativity but also lack of result because you are so goal oriented oriented in a in a world where i think most people are just trying to have fun most people are just trying to get along and 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 live their life and live their their truth and 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 enjoy uh, the 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 short time we have uh, on 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 Earth to to enjoy people because you know you, you don't know you don't know when it's gonna when it's go away. I was gonna say something about acting. Um, I think people have a, a misconception too about uh, acting that it's it's um, uh, teaching you a, a skill that is different than speaking to people in the real world and in my experience and i'm sure there's there's you know higher higher level um acting uh, classes um especially in other countries but like i think a lot of starting as an actor and a lot of the 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 basic steps is being comfortable with yourself and learning you know how to use the aspects you've already done in your life. You've already, I mean, no doubt, you've been angry at some point. You've been sad at some point. And really acting is just like, how do we uh, trigger these um, these feelings when we need them uh, in, a, in a genuine and, and authentic way? And that's, that's what, that's what life and conversations are. Like, that's what, that's what uh, I mean. As, as we said at the top, like you know, movies can't replicate um, reality, but the acting element is absolutely uh, an aspect we can we can take and and learn to be comfortable um, with ourselves. I think that you know that's why corporate people are getting sent to like improv classes or going themselves because they want to um, humanize themselves. Well, that that that's another story, but <laughs> but but yes, I I, I was gonna say uh, that they want to uh, maybe humanize yourself. Maybe humanize yourself is themselves is a is a better way to put it. But they basically want to gain those skills of of how do I um, how do I be better talking to people? How do I get better? You know, maybe I have to give a speech. You know, at some point, or, or I know a lot of corporate people when they have to like speak to a board or whatever. Um, I think Warren Buffett. I'm sorry, I'm getting into a tangent, but I think Warren Buffett. <laughs> Warren Buffett took those type of classes to help him. He knew what he wanted to be in life, and he knew what it required. So he he went forward and and did it. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Also, I go on acting tangents constantly. It's kind of the reason why I don't bring it up that often because I will go on for like three hours, be like you. you you don't you don't get acting here. Here's actually what acting is. <laughs> so I get the tangents. Yeah, I'm, and I enjoy it. Like I've kind of I've kind of distanced myself from it these days, just because it is it is very difficult. But I like I I love it. I love movies. I I love the. I mean, I think more than the acting itself, I love the people I've met. Like the the people I've met on set are are some of the some of the best people. Um, 
uh, I've I've known, and it, it's really easy to meet them too because you're all kind of working towards a, a similar goal. together. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I I'm I'm unfortunately coming to uh, the the end of this. I have I have one more question, but like this has been uh, an incredible talk, and I'm sure people have gained a lot from this because uh, if nothing else, and and there is so much more, but your your level of comfort. Um, I think is inspiring and, and, um, you know, potentially, you know, not that we should like all be you, but you're, you're someone to emulate in terms of just doing it. Cause I think, unfortunately there's so many, like I'm speaking a little more generally, but like self-help and this and that, and, and so many different, uh, ideas and opinions and ways to approach it. Where at the end of the day, it's basically whatever you're scared about whatever you're not doing, stop it or or do it, you know, uh, respectively. Like stop stop being afraid and just do it because there's no shortcut. There's no you're not going to turn to page twenty three and be like, my God, I've never seen it that way. That's how. That's the way. That that's the secret. There is no secret. the The secret is doing it. The secret it's it's like it's like going to the gym and exercising. If you want to build that that muscle and that comfort inside yourself, it's, uh, it's just going out there and doing it and, and being vulnerable and, and showing people yourself and, and understanding that it's not always going to be uh, positive. You, you can't control people's reaction. But if, if you're comfortable with yourself and you can be and show yourself with, uh, with confidence and, uh, and, you know, even humor, I think people will um, more often than not uh, connect and and at least see your perspective because I think there's a lot of there's a lot of fear. You just like oh, I can't tell this person like I, I some uh, I didn't I didn't tell her last night. I went to a, a thing last night, uh, an after hours you know uh, gathering or whatever, and uh, and uh, the there's a couple there and and the and the the woman asked me what my podcast was what my I because I told her it was a fetish podcast but I usually don't go further than that. Um, but she's like, write it in my phone. And I'm like, okay, like, this is embarrassing, but I, I will, I will share it with you. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's really at that point, it's out of your hands. But I think the fact that I did share it is more important than her reaction. I, I think in, in my, in my mind, just because it's, it's strength for me, it's practice for me. Yeah, no, sure. I think that's just a huge step. Like, uh, congratulations on doing that in a, in a sense. It's, it's, takes a lot of courage to be able to do something like that thanks thanks yeah i i i mean in in wanting to do this show for the community i've i've also the aspect of of spreading it to non-fetishists as well and and having people be more aware of it um has has been my goal um l- let me let me ask you my last my last question i have is like what and it it, it seems kind of out of nowhere after after everything we talked about but like do What's your, do you have a favorite or like a go-to uh, fantasy of yours? You said you weren't too big into into domination. Um, wh- do you have any other aspects that, that you feel like have to go with your, your fetish for you to enjoy it? Yeah, um, I, my, uh, I have so many fantasies and I don't hate domination. It depends on time. I like playful domination. I love when the person's having fun with it 
and you're and you can tell both parties when it comes to like fiction i i have has to be consensual it has to be both parties willing because i'm i'm out of it after that because it because then it just seems mean-spirited to me but for like my uh biggest fantasy it sounds so to me it's just it's so basic it's i would love to just have I always say friend because a lot of my situations is I, my biggest fantasies is a friend or like or like a close buddy just being so open with it that they they use your because I'm also really into faceting. That's something I just recently discovered about myself is that my biggest fantasy really is having someone watching TV or gaming and they're just using my face as a seat and just letting it go. Or or another one is just like basic, just like oh my god like oh fuck that smells bad like how can you handle this like just like or man did i eat the wrong thing as they're like smothering you (laughs) nice i i don't have any other questions i i wish i had a million more questions honestly i i I, i'd love to have you back on uh again if you want but is there anything you um uh wanted to add and and as long as you want don't don't feel like we have to wrap up right now but but feel free if you have anything else you want to say um, I, I would love to come back on. I think this was so much fun. And the more we talk, the more um, comfortable I got. I would love to come back, even if it's just like some for like some other reason or if it's like you have two guests in mind. I would love to do this again. This has been an amazing time. Um, what I want to say at the end of the day is that people need to stop being afraid of like it's, it's something that I'm working on still because my issue is I'm afraid I care too much of what people think about me to the point where I'm afraid. And I think, but I'm, but I'm so open. Like, it's so stupid of how I'm so open about talking about this, but me, but I'm so afraid of like doing the wrong thing. It, but like, I feel like as a community going forward or just as people in general, we have to kind of go like, if I'm never going to see these poor people again, why do I fucking care what they think about me? I only, I, you should, I care about my friends. And if you real, and at the same time, you should judge. If you don't want to ruin a friendship, then I don't, then like, don't come up to them with this. If you're not okay with, like, if you truly, truly value something and you think this is going to ruin it, then like, don't do it. I'm not, I'm not saying like, don't like, if they think, because you can't control their reactions. Again, I've just been lucky. I've just been finding like good people, like really good people, and I think that's why I'm so open. If I didn't find good people, I think I would be that desperate. Like, I, I, it's going to be a joke. It's going. I'm not going. I'm not trying to sell me, but I think I would be that desperate guy who like doesn't leave his house and doesn't talk about it. If I didn't have the experiences I did, but I feel like if you did have bad experiences, don't lock yourself away. Don't let other people don't let your fear consume your life because then what's the point of life then like get rid of the fetish stuff like i know this is the thing but like anything just don't let fear consume you to the point where you're now isolated you just cut yourself off from the world because you're going to because you're going to miss out on so many good relationships so many good events ideas because you're so because your anxiety is getting the best of you or you're just so afraid that you're going to end up alone that you're now making yourself alone like you're doing a self-fulfilling prophecy at that point i think that the more we open also man like we're like a lot of the people that i met in this community we're hot as fuck like you just have to say i'm a hot piece of shit and i'm going to do whatever i want and this is what we're going to happen this is what's going to happen and i believe that that you have to think that way and eventually 
it's so cliche but you will end up being like yeah i'm the best damn jules i cannot think of a better way to end this episode because that that is exactly i think um that is exactly the the vibe both in terms of yes you maybe can't tell everyone but you should definitely if you have any inklings any any thought like oh i should i i you know maybe i'd like to tell this person and i don't think it's going to hurt anything um then then do try it because like you're saying that is without those experiences without that muscle built up it's it's so easy to be that lonely guy be the desperate guy you know it's um it, I guess I'll just go back to the muscle thing. It is it is a muscle that must be uh, worked on, and and I I know uh, firsthand it's definitely a muscle I have to work quite a bit, fetish fetish or not. It's something that I have to work on, and I think a lot of people do as well. So your your uh, yeah, fuck it, I'll even say your message of inspiration. I think is very. Um, very good to hear and i think important for people to hear um we haven't uh we've had i love every guest we've had so far but i don't think anyone yet um has has spoken quite to the uh level of comfort you have um and and i i appreciate you you coming on you reaching out to me and and i'm glad we had this talk thank you very much uh, thank you for having me and letting me have this experience. It means a lot. Also, I can't wait for my friends to hear this because they're all super excited to hear and learn about this as well. <laughs> awesome. Nice. I'm very, I'm very excited for that as well. All right, Jules, you take care. You too.